0: Thanks for tuning in to the New Life South Coast podcast. We want to extend an invitation to sit in live with us during our weekend service. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message inspires you, but also challenges you in your walk with God. For more information, visit our website at newlifesouthcoast.com. Now here's Pastor Marco with an encouraging word. If you have your Bibles, our reading is going to come from the book of 2 Timothy chapter 1. The second book of Timothy, chapter 1. We're just going to read two verses. Verses 6 and 7. I want to talk to you this morning about living a spirit-strong life. Tell your neighbor, I want to be spirit-strong. Tell your other neighbor, get your spirit up. I want to live a spirit-strong life. Can you say amen? The Bible says... This is a man named Paul, the apostle, who wrote 85% of the New Testament. He's mentoring a young man named Timothy about being a man of God and being a pastor. And he says this to him, and he says this to us today. Verse 6, are you there? He says, I'm writing to encourage you to fan into flame and rekindle the fire of the spiritual gift God imparted to you when I lay hands upon you. For God will never give you the spirit of fear, but the Holy Spirit who gives you mighty power, love, and self-control. Can you say amen? Amen. Living a spirit-strong life. You know, I've had this ongoing issue at my house now for, I don't know, about a year or so. We've had this fire alarm issue that keeps happening. It happened in the old house, now it's happening in the new house. So I don't know what this is. Okay, well, y'all need to pray for us. But all of a sudden, one day, three in the morning, I am shook out of bed with this crazy alarm sound. Not only is it beeping loud, but then it's followed with this fire, 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 fire. (laughs) Now, what does that do to you at 3 o'clock in the morning? So, I started doing the frantic thing, running all over the house, looking for fire. Went to the kids' rooms, they're freaking out. Right, went in the living room, went in the basement, went in the furnace, like, I'm like, where is the fire? Fire, fire, like, it's like angry. (laughs) This fire alarm is angry. (laughs) So, I started trying to figure out what is happening, right? The next day, we actually called the fire department. They came, searched the house. They're like, we can't find anything unusual. Maybe... There's some dust that wasn't settled that maybe got into your system and made your system trip up. I said, okay, then that makes sense. He said, change all the batteries and you should be okay. Well, changed all the batteries in the house. A few months later, fire, fire, fire. The angry fire alarm person came back. I don't know why, but it's always around two or three in the morning. It never happens at 10 in the the morning. Why is that? So the kids are losing their minds now. They're afraid that something's going to happen. And so since then, we have had the issue, ongoing issue, with a couple of them. Not all of them. I'm not going to point them all out because I don't want you to know which one it was. Because they're going to hear this. They're going to say, Dad, you put us on blast. Just don't acknowledge which one of you it was. They keep struggling with going to bed, but can you imagine being woken up like that? And then it happened a few more times. So I decided, someone said, "Why don't you replace all of them? Just go, to, go down to Home Depot and buy all new fire alarm system and, 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 uh, and then buy all the carbon monoxide, just, just change all of them and start fresh. So I did that. And it cost a lot of money. It's a lot of money to own a house. You know, the problem is not owning a house. The problem is maintaining a house. Hello, somebody with mortgages and bills and stuff. <laughs> I'm praying for a big house. Yeah, you pray to maintain it. Pray the extra prayer. Help me with a big house and be able to maintain it. And all the homeowners said, amen. <laughs> said, right? So I did that, right? I changed all of them. My friends, every single one of them, all new batteries. And guess what? fire. Fire. It happened again. Now my kids are really freaking out. Like, something's wrong with this house, Dad. (laughs) They can't go to bed. We're praying every night. We're rebuking the spirit of fire alarms. (laughs) And then we go on vacation. This week, my friends, would you believe it? We're in a hotel room. (laughs) 3.30 in the morning. Fire, fire! My wife's right here, am I lying? So now we're like, this has got to be demonic. This fire alarm is following us to Cape Cod. Something is going on. The kids are like, they couldn't believe it. They're like, Dad! What is happening? I'm not just sharing this with you. I'm asking for help. If you know anything about fire alarms, please talk to me. If you have the anointing of rebuking fire alarms, I'm bringing you to my house. I need exorcism. Because it's not just in my house now. It followed us to Cape Cod. I wish I was making this up. Because it hasn't been fun. Every night. You know how many times they come to our room Now. Because they're afraid something is going to happen. And we keep having to pray with them and remind them, like, no, no, no. As you can see, there's never been a fire. There's never been one fire. Every single time this thing went off, dad searches the whole house. Dad buys all new fire alarm. Right? So there's, there's, there's nothing happening other than this continuous false alarm ringing in your heads. My friends, this morning I gotta ask you the question what is that false alarm that keeps ringing in your head? What is that false alarm that keeps stopping you in your tracks? Because you had an experience a while back and it has traumatized you and now you are paralyzed by fear. And that alarm is different for all of us. For for us right now, it's a literally physical alarm. But for some of you, it's the alarm of insecurities. It's the alarm of pride. It's the alarm of people pleasing. It's the alarm of, am I ever going to be good enough? If we were to be honest today, we open up our homes, we would talk about some fire alarms that keeps going off. But the thing is, nothing happens, it just keeps going off. My friends, this is why Paul is trying to help this young man, Timothy, to understand, listen, that fire alarm is a false alarm that is trying to paralyze you from doing the will of God. And and one of my favorite definitions of fear is is this old school definition that fear is simply false evidence appearing real. More than ever, I believe it because I'm, I'm living it. We haven't had a fire yet. But the fire alarm keeps going off and following us. And which was a great time for us to teach our kids this lesson that, listen, wait a minute, maybe, perhaps God is trying to show you that you have nothing to be afraid of. It's just a false alarm that keeps trying to take you and paralyze you so you can live in your fears. We all have it. It may not come as fear, But it comes as an obstacle that keeps trying to hold you back from your purpose. It tries to hold you back from your destiny. It holds you back from the person that God knows he created you to be. And you have to pinpoint what that thing is because if not, it will keep ringing and it will keep stopping you in your tracks. Every time you're about to launch into something new, you hear fire and you have a tendency to retreat back into the things that God told you not to retreat back to because God's will for you is never status quo. It's always progress. It's always forward. It's always more of what he has for you. So it's important, my friends, if you're going to live a spirit-strong life, first you've got to recognize what's the thing that's holding you back from living that spirit-strong life. For some of you, it's rejection. You've been rejected, so you think every time you're about to launch into something, fire, rejection. Maybe a relationship didn't work out, but it doesn't mean you can generalize all relationships. Maybe a business launch didn't go the way you wanted to, and so you're about to launch a new one, and you hear fire, you hear fire. But I'm here to tell you, God did not give you a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. This is so critical, because you could be in church for the rest of your life and keep hitting against the fire and keep retreating back. There's nothing more sad than to be in the house of God but to not be free to live out the things that God has for you to live out. My friends, you can go about this thing being religious or you can go about it being spirit strong and continue to push against the barriers and the obstacles and the things that tries to hold you back from the will of God over your life. I've been in church long enough. I've seen a lot of great people in church but they're just great people. They're not spirit strong people. Because they allow whatever it is that keeps ringing in their minds to dictate how they're going to live. Some of you, you know you want to witness, but you keep hearing fire, fire, fire. And instead of having an actual conversation with someone, you just keep having one in your head. The problem with my kids right now, they keep having a conversation in their heads, but they're not activating what's in their hearts. We can do this thing where we think we're great people, we think we're great Christians, but it's all in our minds because we haven't activated the power to live out the things that God created for us to live. This is why I love this book, Timothy, is that this is a man, Paul, who has lived through the fires of life and he's trying to encourage his protege, Timothy. Now listen, you do not... Stop when you hear the alarm. You do not stop when that thing starts to tell you you're not good enough. You do not stop there. You have to go past that and tap into the presence of God, the spirit of God that created you that tells you you are more than that. And if you study the two books that Paul wrote to this young man, 25 different times he's challenging him and encouraging him to not shy away from God's will. And if you study Timothy, his fire alarm was this. Timothy was a great young man. He was, he was actually in line to be the pastor of one of the greatest churches of that time. One of the first mega churches of his time. That was his role. Paul would plant churches. He would put young leaders in them. And he, he would counsel them and mentor them. And so Timothy was going to take the church of Ephesus, which was one of the biggest churches around. But the problem with Timothy is he was a really nice guy, but he had a problem with confronting issues. And Paul's saying you're not gonna be able to lead if you can't confront issues. Because part of being a pastor is that you have to confront issues. When I teach at our ministry schools, I always tell the young people this yeah, you wanna preach, you wanna lead worship, but if you can't confront problems, God cannot trust you. There's a difference between conf- being confrontational and having to confront things. You can be confrontational and not be a leader. You can just cause more problems. But there are times that a leader has to step in and confront things so that things could be better. What Paul is saying is, listen, when when false teachings come and people are trying to bring something to the church that's not God's will, you have to step up. You're the leader. You have to be able to handle these things. If you don't handle these things, you begin to accept the things you don't want to accept. Because when you don't confront something, you're enabling it. My friends, you may not be called to be a pastor of a church, but you're called to be the pastor of your life. And you're called to be a pastor of your family. And you're called to be the pastor of your business. You're called to be a pastor of certain ministries. And if you're not willing to confront things, then you're going to, be able, you're going to accept the status quo. See, fear will love for you to just settle for the status quo. But Paul's saying, no, that's not God's will for you. God created you to live a spirit strong, Life, Timothy, and if you don't begin to speak over that thing, that thing is going to speak over you. Right now, I'm trying to help my kids. Don't let that thing speak over you, because God is giving you the authority to speak over things. So, what is that thing that keeps ringing in your mind that keeps holding you back from fulfilling the purposes and the destiny that God created for you as a father, as a husband, as a wife? as a friend, as a co-worker, whatever it is, there's always going to be an obstacle to the purposes that God has for you. Maybe you have a business in you, you want to launch, but you keep hearing fire. But God did not give you that spirit. The first thing we must do, my friends, we have to recognize the spirits. I've been mentoring my young man for the last three months. I spent an hour with him every single week. And this week was really cool. We were talking, and he asked me a question about spirits. And he said, what do you think about that and I'm like here's the thing there are many spirits in the world that's why the bible says there's a holy spirit so your job if you're going to be a believer of god is you have to listen to the holy spirit not just any spirit don't listen to the spirit of fear don't listen to the spirit of lust So listen to the spirit of greed. There's many spirits that will try to come and get a hold of your life, but your job is to say, wait a minute, that's not the spirit of God. This is the spirit of God. If it doesn't look like power, love, and sound mind, then it's not from God. So my friends, here's the challenge for us. If we're going to live a spirit strong life, preacher Martin Lloyd-Jones said this, it's really powerful, man, It messed with me when I read this this week, but watch this way. he says, have you realized that most of the unhappiness in your life is due to the fact that you spend most of the time listening to yourself instead of talking to yourself? Think about that. We spend most of our time listening to the fire instead of talking over the fire. And the worst thing is, the fire is not even real. Have you noticed most things you you worry about never happen? Come on, let's be honest for a second. How many troubles have we started in our own minds that never happened? How many conversations we've had just because someone gave us a weird look, but they could be daydreaming. And you thought, she looked at me weird. She definitely looked at me weird. But you never stop to ask the question, why am I thinking like this? Even if someone's looking at you weird, why am I taking that on to make it a thing in my mind, now creating another obstacle for what I'm supposed to be? My friends, we need to spend more time talking to ourselves as opposed to just listening to ourselves. Because here's what I'm trying to teach my kids. There's a difference between perception and reality. There's a difference between what you're feeling and what reality is. And the problem is because we live in a feeling-oriented world, we never ask the question, why am I feeling this way and should I take this to the bank and run with it? I was telling my daughter last night, I said, if you're willing to listen to the negative voices, are you also willing to listen to the positive voices? Because it's a choice. But human nature is we always want to go to the negative side. Right? And so Paul, knowing this, what is he doing? As a great mentor, he's speaking into his life. Because we need people sometimes to speak into our lives. Because let's be honest, we are our worst enemies. Isn't it amazing how great you are at giving people advice? But you don't take it for yourself? Someone's in trouble right now, man, you become the greatest theologian in the world. And you're giving them Bible verses and you send them scriptures and then all of a sudden you're dealing with the same issue and now what do you do? You listen to the fire, fire, fire. But God is not giving you a spirit of fear but of love, power, and a sound mind. My friends, we can live a spirit-strong life. It's possible. If it wasn't, why would God tell us we can? The problem is, we have a tendency to believe our thoughts more than we believe God's word. That's why we could be in church for 10, 20, 30 years and still hear fire and never move forward because we never activated the voice of God over our lives. So I want to encourage you, spend less time listening to yourself. How about more time talking to yourself over the things that God says about you? So when fear comes, do you believe fear or do you believe God? Because you're going to have that. There's gonna be, listen, everything that God will call you to do is gonna require faith. And everything that God calls you to do that requires faith comes with an element of fear. There's not one thing you're gonna do that fear is not gonna be there going, uh-oh, oh, oh, oh. So what do we do in those moments? Do we say, I'm going with God or I'm going back? I'm afraid that in church, we're becoming more and more Christian atheists. You know what that is? We say all the right things, but we don't take one step forward that says we actually believe the things we're saying. My friends, this morning, we've got to break that spirit of fear off of us and start living by the things of God. Some of you, you come to the altar and God will give you a word, but that word requires a step of faith. If you don't act on that step of faith, all you did was have an emotional time. Remember Cain and Abel. The difference was one activated faith, the other one activated fear. So who are we going to be, my friends? The fire alarm or the Timothys of our generation? Now the word fear here, I love studying the Bible because... English sometimes doesn't do it justice, right? No Testament was written in Greek, so words in Greek have compound meaning. The word fear here that Paul was trying to talk to Timothy about is actually translates into timidity or cowardice. Paul was saying, Timothy, you will not be able to be a leader if you're timid and coward. Because you're gonna come, this confrontation, you can't help, you have to confront some things. And if you're going to be the leader of your, of your life, you're going to have to confront some things. See, you don't have to be called to be a pastor, but God called all of us to be full-time Christians. So there's going to be some confrontations. If you want to overcome sin and you don't call it out, the sin will rule over you. So we say, listen, timidity and cowardice will not keep you from doing the will of God, Timothy. You have to confront these things. You have to deal with them. Now, again, difference between being confrontational and having to confront things is two different things. It's discernment, speaking truth in our battles. But let me say a word to those who say, Man, but what about me? I'm shy. Like, I'm not. Listen, there's a difference between being shy and being timid. When I was a youth pastor, there was a young girl who brought more people to the youth ministry than anybody else. But she was reserved, she was quiet. But she was bold. You could be quiet and bold. You could be reserved and still do the things you need to do. And I talked to her. I said, Heneline, how do you do it? You keep bringing the most people to us. Like we had to get a van just for her to go to our high school and pick up kids to come. And if you see this young girl, little, little girl, little timid girl, didn't say much. She's like, I love Jesus. And so I just tell my friends, you want to come with me because Jesus loves you and he's for you. Here's this little girl. Now we have all these other obnoxious kids. We'll never invite anybody. So what I'm trying to say is it's not a matter of personality. It's a matter of what spirit you're operating under. Because the loudest person does not mean their spirit strong. They're just loud. Spirit strong is knowing I'm operating under certain principles here. The power of God is on my life. So being timid and being shy, not the same thing here. And the reason why he says the spirit of cowardice is that, man, to do the things of God, it requires faith and courage. We wouldn't be here if we didn't take a step of faith. We would have settled for a little, tiny little front store church. Nothing wrong with that. But man, when you have faith for more, you got to believe for more. You can't settle just because everything around you looks the same and acts the same and looks small. You got to break the box and say, God, what else do you want to do with our lives? This is why I'm telling you, it's a very delicate thing to be in church, but to be around people who don't have faith. That church is filled with people who are filled with fear. They don't activate faith. You look at their lives, 20, 30 years, never taking a step of faith. I gotta ask you, when was the last time you you did something that required faith? I was talking to our youth director this week about faith. Says so, you know, you want to break faith? Give the kids something that they can't do on their own. Like, you want to, you want to break some stuff? Tell the kids, like, hey, we want to see 100 youth in the church every single Friday. Why? Because that's, that sounds impossible in their minds. That's when you got to go to God and say, God, you have to activate the spirit of power, love, and sound mind so we can see your will. <laughs> or we can do the usual youth, 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 little, tiny, youth thing. Because you know God likes little tiny things. He's the little little baby, you know, six pounds, eight ounce baby Jesus. You know, <laughs> nicely contained. Nothing supernatural happens. Are you tracking with me, My friends? There's power available. There's love available. There's sound mind available. And I'm and I, and I gotta run through this. But the, again, the words in the Greek is so powerful. Here's what God is trying to say to us, into Timothy. Say, listen, Spirit of God, man, is what governs the universe. And you can live in tune with that. You can live in tune with the energy that makes the sun come up. You can live in tune with the energy that created the DNA in you. You can live in tune with that DNA that says you're more than an accident. You you can live in tune with the power that created the whole thing. You can flow in that. Or you can flow in fear. So the words power, love, and sun mind in Greek... Amazing! Can I show it to you? Look, the word power, for example, right? It's the word that we get dynamis from. You know what that word means? Dynamite. Paul is saying, listen, Timothy, the spirit of God is a spirit of explosion of life. It's not a spirit of containment. It's a spirit of explosion. You don't contain yourself. No, you explode into the face of God. Look, it's the spirit that empowers you to do mighty work. That gives you strength and virtue. Check this out. It's the power for performing miracles. Did you know that some of you, you can be used by God to perform miracles? Yeah, you, you. Not some super Christian. You. With the power of God. we were talking about it this morning on Locker Room. It's not how well you pray, it's who you're praying to. And a lot of times we think it's up to us. No, he's saying when the power is flowing through you, you can lay hands on people and believe for cancer to be healed. You can lay hands on people and believe God. Which tells you, Sometimes you don't have to wait for someone to pray for you. If that power is is flowing through you, guess what? All you got to do is this. Lord, I'm laying my hands on myself today by the power of your Holy Spirit. I am who you say I am. I'm going to activate faith over my life today. I'm not going to let the enemy win over me. I'm going to speak life over me. You didn't give me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I refuse to be a victim of fear. I'm going to be who you call me to be. I rebuke every voice every lie, every deceit, everything that's not your will over my life, Lord. You gave me a spirit of power, so power come, Holy Spirit come, exercise my faith. I want to live in the fullness of your will. We must get to the place we understand. My friends, this is normal Christian living. You know what's abnormal in God's economy? Living by fear. It's not abnormal for you to lay hands on yourself. When the fire alarm goes off in the middle of the night, I'm not calling my pastor. I am the pastor of my house. Not because I have the title of a pastor, because I'm called, anointed by God to lay hands on my house. When you don't live by faith, you you will make all types of excuses to conform to fear. It is what it is. You know what's crazy nowadays, I'm going to lose track of time here, but I'm afraid we're turning more to pop psychology than we're turning to the Holy Spirit. Now I believe in it. You guys know I encourage counseling. I encourage go see people, therapy and all that. But when was the last time you laid hands on your own self and said, man, I'm sick and tired of being tired. I'm sick and tired of being depressed. I'm sick and tired of being lonely. I'm sick and tired of feeling this way. I think we're giving way too much credit to every other spirit and minimizing what the power of God can do when I activate it in my own life. So every problem, I need a counselor. When was the last time you activated the counselor within you? There's a counselor within you. Jesus said he will come. He will be your counselor. He will give you wisdom. He will give you insight. He will give you words. He will give you ability to see what you need to see. I'm telling you, we're giving way too much credence to secondary things. And I believe in them. There's times for them. But why is it that the Holy Spirit is becoming the last resort? What is the first line of defense that God's given us. Go back to the definition of the power. Look, it's the moral power. I love that. You can live a moral life by the power of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to keep making excuses for why you keep sinning. And why do you keep hitting the same block? No, he's saying, oh, I come to empower you. My friends, forgiveness is half the gospel. Power is the other half of the gospel. I don't have to go back to the same stuff. I don't have to keep doing the same things. I don't have to keep making the same mistakes. That's the power available to me. It's unacceptable for this power to be available for me to keep living half the gospel. He says, look, power to have excellence of soul. How beautiful is that? Your soul could be excellent in his approach of life when the power of God is flowing in you. I'm telling you, next time you find yourself making an excuse for the same mistakes, ask yourself the question, did I activate the power of God? Watch this. It's the power of influence. Hanaleen had influence even though she was shy, 15 years old was bringing 10, 15 kids to church. Why? Because of power of influence. She was allowed. She was just confident that Jesus is my savior. So I can tell my friends about Jesus. And, and I can tell you something high school kids, look around you, what else is there if not the power of the Holy Spirit to empower you so you don't become just like the other kids. Everybody thinks they're unique, but they all look the same go to school, everybody's doing the same exact things. You got to just stop and say, is this what I want for myself or do I want to activate the power of God in my life? My friends, this is available to us. This is not just some, some, some weird charismatic thing speaking in tongues. You can speak in tongues, but you need the power. I'm talking about daily power of God. He goes on to say, look, it's a power, of, it's, a, it's a spirit of love, My friends. Look what the word love means in Greek. It's the word agape. It's the word affection and benevolence and brotherly love. It's the word that makes Jesus the sacrificial lamb. He agape us. He gave himself. When you don't operate in love, you operate in obligation. You operate in fear. You operate in rewards. In other words, what's the motivating factor of your life if not love? It's easy to know when someone has lost sight of God. They do things out of fear, out of obligation, out of reward. But when you're operating in the love of God, it flows. It's just flowing. You know how easy it is to do ministry when you're flowing in the love of God? Not in the, oh, I, gotta, I gotta go. I gotta, it's my turn to serve. Please don't. <laughs> Please don't. Have you noticed every week we tell you when the offering comes by, don't give if you don't want to give? Because you think God wants your reluctant giving? "Uh, I guess. (laughs) You think God's going, oh my God, yay, 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 he loves me, he loves me. The God of the universe needs your money? He's saying, oh, come flow like me, be generous like me, love like me. I'm telling you, there's a difference between being religious and walking with the spirit of God. Look what Jesus said about love. Here's what Jesus said, look. Jesus said, go, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. It says it's the love, when it's flowing, it proves that there's a God who started this whole thing. It's love that makes you give. It's love that makes you witness the pastor Steve spoke to you about Ephesians last week. I want to remind you of this prayer of Paul in Ephesians. He says, Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Spirit strong is when you activate in the love of God. Can we be honest? We don't have the love to love the way God does. That's why we need to ask him to do it through us. Can we be honest? Jesus said, you know how easy it is to love the people that you love? He says, anyone can do that. If you want to love the lovable, you need the love of God flowing out of you or through you. Or you're going to live the rest of your life miserable because you're operating out of your own strength. He says, no, let the love of God flow. My friend, the greatest motivating factor in life is love. It's love that makes you do unbelievable things that you wouldn't do any given circumstances. When you were in love with the person that you're sitting next to, remember the great lengths you would go to to show that love? But then when that girl love grows stale, how those things that you would do normally would become an aggravation. Don't elbow anybody. Y'all know what I'm talking about? The thing that you would do in a heartbeat when you're in love becomes an obligation. Honey, you in the kitchen, can you just grab me? Something to eat. Oh, no. Sh- what do you want on your sandwich? <laughs> do you want me to cut it up? Like, you like, you know? When you're in love, it's like, you know. <laughs> 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 when that love expired, honey, you in the kitchen. Can you? You were just here five minutes ago. Why didn't you just come and get it yourself? <laughs> oh, y'all. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Are you in love while we're building a church? Oh, man, we were here mopping, midnight, waxing this floor. We were doing Mr. Miyagi. (laughs) Why? Oh, man, this is awesome. Praise God. Hallelujah. We got a building. Yeah. A few months goes by. I hope we don't lose that. That the love of God should continue to flow in this place. When you're know, we love, man, serve the city is awesome, right? Street team. Oh, what time, brother? What time, brother? What time, brother? What time, brother? When you're not in love, what time? <laughs> what, what time again? Oh, love changes everything. When you're operating out of love, offering comes by, oh, Lord, it's all yours. <laughs> It's all yours, man. I get to to do this. When you're not putting love, how many more times are they going to ask for money in that church? I can go on and on. Spirit of love, man, it flows. That's why Jesus said, that's when you prove you're my disciples. Why? Because it's just flowing. It's just flowing. It's just flowing. We need more of the Holy Spirit love flowing. You go home, you go to work tomorrow, that person that gets on your nerve. Start seeing them with the love of God. Because that person is broken, is hurting. He needs someone to come and say, how can I pray for you? How can I help you today? I'm telling you, the love of God operated in us. It's a beautiful thing. People may not understand everything we do here, but they're like, man, that, they show sure know how to love people. They show sure know how to care for people. My friends, we need the power of the Holy Spirit to live this life that he created us to live. And the last thing today is the Spirit of a sound mind, or self-discipline. Look, here's what it means in Greek, moderation and self-control. God's people never say, it is what it is. Oh, I can't help it. No, 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 you have the spirit of self-control. You have the spirit of self-control. You don't have to be addicted to pornography. You have the spirit of self-control. No amens there, but we know that's the biggest epidemic in our society right now. There's love and then there's lust. Not the same thing. And then you wonder why people are not in love anymore? Because they're confusing lust for love. It's a spirit of discipline. It's a spirit that keeps you calm. Not panic and confused. It's a spirit that empowers you to live. In a very bitter society, you can still be calm you can still walk through your life and not let everything get on you. Not every alarm needs to be activated. This is a real thing. My friends, the Spirit of God is... Powerful and active in all of our lives. All we have to do is keep asking him to come. So let me end with this. How do you live a spirit-strong life? Because I like it to be practical, daily things. All of us can do this, okay? Number one, if you're taking notes, if you want to live a spirit-strong life on the day-to-day basis, number one is this. Learn to recharge often in the spirit. Let me ask you a question. How many of you have a smartphone? You have a smartphone. How many of you guys don't have a smartphone? What's wrong with you? We need to pray for you to get into the 21st century. But here's the thing with smartphones. Man, that battery runs quick. How many times a day do you recharge your phone or your laptop or your iPad? So I want you to think about this. Next time you're about to plug in your phone to get recharged, Remember, if you're not running on the Holy Spirit, you're running on fear. Learn to recharge yourself in the Spirit. I used to work in a group home. It was a very difficult job working with troubled teens. And I had to recharge often. You know what I would do? I would go in the bathroom. I'd take a five-minute break just to recharge. I would sit in the toilet and go, Holy Spirit, I'm about to kill these kids. Holy Spirit. Y'all ain't real? Y'all don't have those prayers? Honest to goodness prayers, God, I'm about to kill Lewis. (laughs) If you don't come upon me right now and fill me with the spirit of self-control, I need you because I don't want to mess up my witness in this place. God, fill me so that I can go out there and love Lewis the way that you will love Lewis. Stay home moms, when your kids take a nap, you better recharge, because they're coming right back. <laughs> if you don't recharge, you, you, you know. But when you recharge, you see them differently, don't you? You see them with love. And you see it's, wow, what a privilege, God, I get to have these kids. Some people wish they had kids. When I'm recharged, it, it brings Perspective. Recharge often. The Bible says, "Pray always." It doesn't have to. Be, you have to go in the closet forever. No, we're saying like as you're living, pray. God, come, Holy Spirit, come. I need your power right now. I'm feeling you struggling with addiction. Temptation's coming. It's time to plug in. Plug into the Holy Holy Spirit. I'm feeling that addiction about to get a hold of me. I need you to recharge me right now. Empower me. You gave me a spirit of power to not give in to temptation, but to overcome temptation. I'm telling you, anytime you're feeling depleted of power, love, and sound mind, it's time to recharge. And you can do it as often as you need to throughout your day. It's not that the spirit goes somewhere. No, it's that you need to become aware of what you're operating under. The spirit never goes anywhere. It's more like, man, Lord, make me aware that you're right here right now with me in this whatever challenge I'm finding myself in. Are you with me? Number two, go ahead call out your fears, my friends. Call it for what it is. Don't justify it. Don't make friends with it. I'm I'm trying my best. Help me pray that my kids will not make friends with the fire alarm. I'm serious. Because months could go by and the thing doesn't go off, but it's still going off in their minds. Months could go by, someone hurt you, but that thing is still playing in your mind. That business that failed, that was two years ago. It's a new season now. You can launch it by faith in Jesus' name. That relationship didn't work. It doesn't mean relationships don't work. It just means that Johnny was a knucklehead. He wasn't for you. God's got something better for you. Call out your fears. Call it out. Don't do what normal people do. All men are the same. <laughs> da. Stop it. It's a fear. Call it out. Lord, Johnny made me afraid of relationships, but you are the healer of my heart and my soul. Heal me from that brokenness and give me the strength to forgive him and move forward with my life because I'm not going to hold here. I need to go forward with myself. Number three, speak God's word over you. You have to speak it, my friends. There's power in your words. You know the Bible says that God created the universe by speaking into existence. God said, let there be light, and there was light. God said, let there be stars, and there were stars. God said, let there be mountains, and there were mountains. And God said, I created you in my image and likeness to be able to speak things into existence. Learn to speak, God. You know what I do often, and I've been doing this, especially for my kids because of what's going on. I walk around the house and go, God, this house does not operate under the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. You got a job interview, God? I am your son. I am your daughter. I am favored by you. I am blessed by you. I'm gonna go in there with confidence that you are gonna make a way for me. I'm telling you, learn to speak the things you want to see. Don't just think it, speak it. I love to pray out loud. You should see me in my car. You think I'm crazy. If you drive by me, most likely I'm talking to God. And you know why? I like to talk out loud, it keeps me focused. And you should hear what you're saying. It should scare you a little bit to pray some things that are over the top. So, that, so, like that, God's like, Oh, you got my attention. You can't do it on your own? Okay, I'm coming. I'm coming to, 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 to be with you on this thing. Learn to speak life over yourself. Speak it. Last thing today, number four, get prayed over. Did you notice how that verse started? Paul said, Remember, Timothy, I lay hands on you. What is that? It's an ancient practice that we believe that the anointing of God can be transferred. As someone lay hands on you, what's happening is the spirit of God now has another witness. So prayer here, it's not just some cute little, you know, get your little prayer. No, it's come get a fresh anointing. Let someone else lay hands on you who has the power of God, who has the wisdom of God, who has the authority of God. Let them come lay hands on you. Get sprayed over. Get that spirit off of you. Sometimes you need two or three witnesses to break stuff off of you. To say, Lord, I'm not leaving this place until you release me, until you set me free. I want to be free. I want to live the life that you created me to live. I want power. I want your will. I want your love. And I'm not leaving. So yeah, come on, Holy Spirit. You had to welcome it. You had to run to the altar sometimes and say, hit me. Pray it's him, hit me. Because I'm not leaving the same way. And prayer team, you don't have to be amazing prayer leaders. All you got to say is, Lord, fill them. Holy Spirit, fill them. Why? Like that, you out of the way. Let the Holy Spirit do what it needs to do. The more you say, the more you get in the way. Just say, Holy Spirit, fill. Holy Spirit, fill. And Holy Spirit says, oh, you don't think you can do it? I can, okay, I'm going to flow through you to get to this person, to bring healing to this person, to bring recovery to this person, to bring grace to this person, to bring salvation, to bring restoration. I'll bring my kingdom on earth to this place. Come on, let's call on the Holy Spirit. Thanks for joining us today. If you want to connect with us, you can find us at newlifesouthcoast.com for any further information.